I am delighted. I'm delighted in the direction that science is going because it's finally catching up to this place of where like people who are energy sensitive know these things to be true already. And, and now science is finding ways to measure certain things that we have known to be true, but have, aren't able to see with our physical eyes yet. So that for me is, it's very optimistic and it's very, very exciting. everyone. My name is Sarah and welcome to Her Ascension Story, the podcast that proves the world is transformed by every hero's personal adventure. Here we talk about the real and the raw things that we should all be talking about more. So if you want to be a part of the movement of getting real about the deeper, more meaningful things about life, be sure to subscribe and follow and get ready to get real. My hope is that this platform inspires you to explore and expand new empowering beliefs about yourself so you can make your own impassionate impact too. And those three pillars, inspiration, independence, and impact, aren't just the premise for this podcast, but for my work too. If you want to check out that more, be sure to go to HerAscensionStory.com or check me out on social media at HerAscensionStory. Welcome back, everyone. Today with me is Shannon, who is a scientist by training. She has several higher education degrees in science, including a master's in environmental geography and conservation biology, and a PhD in natural resources. Her education and research experience has focused on the natural environment and the psychology and social psychology of how people relate to and engage in the natural world. For the last decade, she's conducted research and taught at the college level in this field. But her biggest challenge in this life by far is learning how to integrate her scientific, logically trained mind with the very boundless world of spirit and the universe. Shannon, thank you so much for being here today. (laughs) I am so delighted. This is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it definitely is. We definitely had a great conversation before this even started. So I hope that a lot of that trickles into this. <laughs> I'm sure. I have no doubt it will. <laughs> I live right on the Mississippi River. So Aww. yeah, and it we're in a part of, um, we're in the in a region called the Driftless Area, which it's geologically the Ice Age advancements, like none of the four advancements actually hit this place it it was like a little donut hole mm. so there's no it's like this pocket of um totally different ecosystems little niche um ecosystems and there's like there's pleistocene era species that are still found here and are you still there yeah yeah oh. I'm, just, I'm like in shock I'm just like tell you me got more. like so you got so quiet I was like oh shit did I lose her but, um, yeah so it's really it's it's really incredible and there's these bluffs along the river it's really beautiful but um yeah so I mean that's part of like the energy of this place it wasn't touched by the it wasn't scoured by the ice sheets like everywhere else around here was so that's incredible wow yeah, it's really amazing Oh, and I'm sure I read your little bio. I didn't want to like find out too much about you because I want to be like still astonished during our call. <laughs> but um, yeah, like how you're so into geography and everything. So does that place really hit home for you? Like just really intrigue you for your work too? Or um, That's really interesting. I um, I had a hard time finding a community here. Um so I, I came here 
start, it was before I'd like jumped into my healing work. So, um, I came here as a teacher, as a researcher. So definitely this area environmentally was super rich, um, for ecology and for environmental science and, and then the, um, uh, the intersection between people and the environment. So that, that was really interesting, but like spiritually and healing wise, like it's, it's pretty conservative and, um, very churchy. So Mm. that was, it was really hard for me to find community that way first. And, um, but it's way better now, like in the last four or five years, there's so many more healers around and, um, and people are much more open about this kind of stuff than what it was before. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm a nature geek totally. So (laughs) I love this place because of how cool it is and, and the geology and the geography here is just incredible. So I totally geek out on that stuff, but I'm also thinking about things like, at the metaphysical level, like almost all the time. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. It's just, yeah. (laughs) But yeah. I'm so excited to hear more about how your brain works. Like, so I like how you're also into like psychology and everything too. And when I first started college, um, I like how we're already talking before we even start, but before I started, um, when I started college, I was going into psychology and I wanted to go into neuroscience and research like Alzheimer's and that kind of stuff. But, um, I experienced multiple traumatic brain injuries and yeah, and it was horrible. So I was like all intrigued by the brain and learning about, you know, just the neurotransmitters and absolutely everything about the brain. And then by the end, like when I finally got released from my final concussion, I was just like, okay, I'm so done with the brain. I'm so done talking to neuroscientists and neurologists and neuropsychologists and everything. I'm like, I'm just going to do something natural. And that's when I went and just got my English degree because writing is something so easy for me. And I was like, I just need the piece of paper and I'll figure something out after. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so now coming into um, like working with Reiki and everything else, I love still having the knowledge from how the brain works and to like form that into you know down to reiki at like an atomic level and the physic level and i love that stuff yes i feel like that has um it's definitely helped me so much in my healing practice like understanding the psychology and social psychology of you know how people work and what we, what makes us tick and how we make decisions. And then especially um, like emotionally, how, how do we hold on to things and what does it do to us as we grow and develop and change? And um, so it's definitely been um, an asset to how I do my healing work. And, and people ask me that a lot. Like, it's so different from when I was at university. How, how did you make that transition? And, and I just tell them like, there's nothing about what I used to do that isn't really applicable to what I'm doing now. It's it, it helped me to learn how to teach people. It helped me to learn how to communicate. It also helped me to understand how people operate so that I can be a more informed guide in the healing journey. So 
it's definitely, it's been an asset for me. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like it's so easy to mesh the two, the metaphysical and the scientific. I mean, we're, I think the rate, uh, how we're growing as a world and how we're starting to realize and learn all of these new things and how science is starting. I, I mean, you probably know more about this than I do, but they're starting to slowly back away from the idea that if it can't be proven, then it doesn't exist necessarily to if it can't be proven, let's question it. Let's like explore these possibilities more. I feel like at least from, you know, comparing the 1950s to now, there's Uh, like a black and white for sure. Yeah. So if it can't be seen, right, then it's, it's not real or it doesn't exist. And, um, and I, I like to, I'm actually really excited about where we're going with science in that, you know, in that regard. And um, I was, I cannot remember, I was listening to a podcast, I don't know, at least a couple years ago now, I, I'm pretty sure it was somebody speaking on um, how scientists are actually the most spiritual people that from, from a certain perspective, because they're in a constant state of searching for truth right Hmm. so so they have this faith in their process of searching for truth and um what what better like example of something spiritual or on a quest than like science because you're you're looking for answers to big questions that you, you you don't have yet so and I think a lot about like the field of astrophysics because I'm a geek one and and two because there's so much that we don't know the only thing you can do is have an open mind and be observant and um for the longest time astrophysicists felt or thought or believed right that the space between stars was just empty like a vacuum and um what they find now that is that there's this thing called dark matter which is six times more abundant than the universe in the universe than anything else that we can see and we there's only like you have to measure it tangentially by like the mass of those things around it and then you can get a sense of how much dark matter is there they don't know what it's for they just know that it makes up like most of the fabric of the universe right so you can't see it, but it's still there. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, that's like mind blowing and just more, um, more um, fuel, I guess, for our understanding of like, even though we can't see it, we shouldn't automatically discount that it's not there or relevant to our lives. And just like how we are as energy beings, like most people haven't put the work in to develop their um their extrasensory perception to be able to see energy and see auric fields and be able to know like we're energy first and then we're physical last. Right. So, but when you can see it, it, it's, it pulls all those things together. Like, Oh my gosh, this is far bigger than what we can see with our physical eyes and to know how things work and, or could work based on just being pure energy and oh my God, we could talk for like hours about this kind of stuff. But oh, yes, please yes. do. <laughs> I am delighted. I'm delighted in the direction that science is going because it's finally catching up to this place of where like people who are energy sensitive know these things to be true already. And, and now science is finding ways to measure certain things that we have known to be true, but have, aren't able to see with our physical eyes yet. So that for me is 
it's very optimistic and it's very, very exciting. And um, yeah. Yeah. So where should we go in this discussion? Oh, I don't know. I want to go everywhere. I definitely like seriously meshing the science and the spiritual is one of my biggest passions. Like I love watching, um, you know, how the universe works and just everything reading, you know, um, astrophysics for dummies pretty much. (laughs) And I love that book. (laughs) I mean, I love that book, right? It's just, he's just a, a brilliant writer and how he's able to just unpack these concepts that people would never consider grappling with because they automatically assume it's going to be too over their head, but it's really, it's really not right. Like if you, I just love that book. I love how he brings it down to a level that it's, it's easy to integrate. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing. I, I feel like there are people who are spiritual, people who are scientific, people who are both. And then there's another group of people who are just, I don't know what to think because I don't understand any of this. Right. And I think that, where we are today in the world, there are so many more resources coming out that help provide snippets and information and in colloquial terms, like to make it so everyone can understand. And I think it's so exciting to see people light up and they're like with the new ideas that they get, they're like, Oh my gosh, I never thought of that. And then they kind of like shift their beliefs and start like walking the path and finding their own way through it all. And yes, it's so exciting. (laughs) It's super exciting. And I would have to say that is probably one of the most fulfilling things about helping people in that way is to watch their light bulb go on and then to see them start connecting all of these dots and then integrating all of this new insight into their life and you know they're on this path of self-discovery and that's so gratifying to to see that for you know happen for somebody where it's their you're watching their awakening right or they're Mm -hmm. remembering they're remembering of who they are and it's so so beautiful absolutely um okay yeah I don't know where we should take this (laughs) (laughs) well okay well go ahead go ahead no you go ahead this is (laughs) This is your, this is your idea. So, um, okay. So I guess if we can, I want to pretty much hear your story, um, and how you came about from going like spiritual or I'm sorry, how you went from going into deep into science in all different Mm -hmm. levels of science and then how you slowly, um, started integrating more of the spiritual and the energetic healing work and everything. Um, and of course, in there is going to be a whole bunch of tidbits about, um, you know, all of these good pieces that we want to share with people. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a bonus. So let's just go right into it. So you have a very, very scientific background and I would Mm -hmm. love to hear more about how you got into the science, what intrigued you about it, what called you there. Oh, so interesting, right? Um, well, I grew up in a family where we um, we were just very outdoorsy as a family. We we went camping a lot. We had a cabin on a lake. I spent um, most of my summers as a child, like running around as a free ranger in the woods, and um, just kind of limitless in terms of exploring and I always preferred to be outside. Um, so I just had, I was lucky to have a lot of access to it. And, um, 
I've always been really curious as a child too, and especially about nature. Um, I would, funny, I would collect rocks wherever I would go to like since I was about well since I was old enough to hold on to them and put them in my pockets so probably since I was two or three years old I would collect rocks and little treasures like shells and feathers and sticks and all kinds of stuff so it was really just a natural draw for me to want to um, work with the environment as I came to the age of you know choosing a career or choosing a field of study and um, yeah, it just, it was a natural pathway for me. And as I, um, as I worked through undergrad, I, I originally was on the pathway to study engineering, which <laughs> is pretty laughable because I totally suck at calculus. <laughs> and, um, and I realized quickly, like, it's too linear for me. And um, engineering would be too much inside of a box for me. And I switched my course of study to environmental geography. And it was then that I, um, I started to look for internship opportunities in national parks. And I did that for three summers in a row at Isle Royale National Park. And that kind of sealed the deal for me on what I wanted to do, how I wanted to serve, what I wanted to learn. And, and that really, like... That sent me on a pathway to go to graduate school to learn how to um, best help the environment. And as a master's student, I did a lot of work with conservation biology and environmental geography. And what I realized very quickly is that we can want to help the environment and um, clean it up and protect it as much as we want until we're blue in the face too, talking about it. But we're really not going to make any kind of headway until we get people to understand how necessary that is. So I actually entered into a PhD program and I wanted to focus on studying people and how they interacted with the environment and why, why they chose to do what they did, how um, to best manage them, I guess, or convince them that it's in their best interest to care for the planet that actually supports their uh, survival and thriving. So um, that's, I started to study that kind of stuff and communication, um, risk perception, and really like how do people engage or build relationship and make decisions about the way they use the natural environment. So that's, how I got into the science of it, but it was really because I was so interested in how people um, actually build relationship with, with the earth and um, decide to care about it or not. Wow. It always <laughs> sounds like your interest in nature is almost at a spiritual level, even from a young age. So how did you start to kind of swerve into spirituality and into um, Reiki healing and all of that. Yeah. So that's really interesting that you say that because I have always felt like my, um, my presence in nature has been, is always a spiritual thing, right? So I, some people go to church, I go out into the woods and I was actually raised in a family that is very devout Catholic. And I 
I don't practice anymore um, because it just doesn't align with how I experience energy and how I experience the higher realms. So, um, but when I was practicing, I, well, I was very small (laughs) and I would be sitting in church and I'd be listening to all of these things that were said and taught to us. And I would sit there and I would be like, they're not telling us everything. This isn't how it works. Mm-hmm. They're, they're leaving big parts out or the, it doesn't, it didn't go that way. Or so I had all these questions as just like a tiny child and um, like seven, six, seven years old. And over the course of the years, I just stopped asking those questions because no one had, no one could tell me otherwise. They just would say, well, this is how it is. And mm-hmm. it was in direct conflict with what I could feel as truth and, um, and that's, and I'm not saying that to like, in, from any place of judgment, it just didn't resonate with how I experience people or, um, the energy of the earth or even like the energy of the higher realms. So, um, I've always been thinking about those kinds of questions and I've always been interested in the paranormal and the metaphysical. And, um, I could always tell things about people when they were near me, but I had no idea what that was. And then of course, as many empaths experience, people would just find me and sit down and spill all of their stuff to me. (laughs) And I would find myself like saying these words to them, knowing these things about them and giving them apparently the medicine that they needed, right. To feel better, their healing. And I had no idea what was happening in that process either. And, um, but eventually I realized like, Oh shoot. I'm, uh, I'm supposed to be doing healing work. (laughs) (laughs) So, because maybe you've experienced this too, Sarah, like you find yourself saying words that you're not quite sure, you know, they're not coming from you. They're coming through you though. And, um, they come from this place of, uh, truth or you can feel the vibration of them. And, And so you're basically being used as a, a conduit for, what that person needs as healing or like a catalyst at that time, at that moment for their best and highest good. And so as I realized that this was happening for me, I mean, I was deep into my, um, my PhD studies when, when I, it dawned on me like, Oh, there's more going on for me. And I, I actually had a reawakening of my psychic and empathic abilities during that time too um, just some stressful stuff happening. We had a couple of deaths in our families, my husband and I, and then just the process of doing your doctorate. My husband was doing his at the same time too. And it was just a a really stressful time. And I started having, um, prophetic dreaming and I started seeing, um, apparitions of people who had passed and, um, having all kinds of like intuition coming in. And it freaked me out actually. (laughs) I know. So um, at that point, I realized, okay, there's stuff happening that I need to pay attention to. And fortunately, I had access to um, a really lovely man who was on campus where I was doing my doctorate. And um, he was an indigenous man whose grandmother was, um, she was a seer and a plant medicine woman. So he had all this wisdom to help and, you know, help me through my own awakening process. And 
And from that point on, I knew I needed to study that. So I started reading a lot of books about metaphysics and Journey of Souls, by the way, um, by Michael Newton was a game changer for me at that point, because I read that book and I realized it was like a big sigh of relief. Like I knew like, oh, yes, finally, someone is telling how it happens, right? Like that this is the truth, like this is a truth of how we go through these lives and um, so, yeah, that that process of doing my doctorate and then like reawakening to my abilities. And since then, like I just made sure to have mentors who could help me with my intuitive abilities because um, they were overwhelming, right? To As an empath, feeling so much of what's around you and what other people are experiencing, that was a lot to deal with. And then seeing things and hearing things or knowing things before they happen that was a bit overwhelming. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I knew that I would need to um, really work at letting go of needing to understand every little bit of thing, things that were coming in or things that were happening for me and just allow them. And because being trained as a scientist, um, you're trained to understand that what is truth is what you can see or measure and then everything else is just speculative or theory mm-hmm. <laughs> or hypothesis really it's only a theory if you can like test it and prove it so um yeah i spent a good 10 years after that really working on letting go of this idea that it has to be proven in order to be real and i'm finally at the point within the last several years where I can freely let the intuition flow without questioning it and trusting it, but I can still be very critical in my thinking too um, and logical when that's necessary. So it's a beautiful, like it's a beautiful marriage between um, the spiritual and the scientific and just knowing when to give space to one versus the other and to, to remain uh, balanced in that. Wow. That is yep. <laughs> unifying duality at its best, I feel like. It, that was a lot to say. <laughs> oh, no. I want to actually go deeper into that. So yes, what, how do I say this? <laughs> what were the biggest obstacles for you to actually start to really integrate and to solidify your scientific and spiritual practice into one wow well for one I when you're in the academy there's all this like prestige and you know being intellectual and having your work stand up um to scientific scrutiny and um repeatability all of that stuff so here I was, this person who could walk into a room and read the energy of a room, including all of the people in it. And I, and, you know, to be able, to, like, I couldn't explain that to any of my colleagues. And I certainly couldn't, like, talk about that freely within the work that I was doing as a researcher, right? I would, like, I basically lived in a closet like closet psychic (laughs) for a long time. And that was really hard. So for one, you know, one obstacle was the fear of being found out and then being labeled as like not legitimate or crazy Hmm. um, because of what I quote unquote could do, right. Or could sense. Um, 
so that, that was really stressful for me. So I hid a lot of that for a very, very long time. And then the second, um, biggest obstacle was trusting myself, right? Like questioning, is this really real? And then when I would get intuition, just, I needed validation after validation after validation, just like you do in science, right? To know like, okay, this is coming in accurately. It took me a long time to trust myself because this is a whole different world of receiving information and knowing things without having any proof, right? And um, so trusting myself and then also there was a lot of worry. I had to do so much work on my solar plexus, Sarah. It was not mm. even funny, right? So like stepping into your path, trusting yourself, um, stepping into your autonomy and your individuality, and despite what anyone is going to say or think about you or what their expectations are, like that was a big deal for me. And um, but I reached this like tipping point a few years back that was just so liberating and now I struggle far less with um, that kind of worry and I trust myself I would say most of it like 95% of the time I'm pretty solid in my trust of my intuition and there are times that we're you know we're very human right we we have those human experiences of just being wrong about stuff but um, those are the those were the biggest things. And um, finally taking the leap to exit ac academia and then enter into what I was supposed to do. Like I resisted my path for a very long time. And yes, part of my path was to move through this education process and get these higher degrees because that was a tremendous personal experience. I learned so much about myself. I learned what I was capable of. I had a great education that serves me well still. And I, I mean, it helped to craft this way of thinking and this philosophy for myself that um, is really rich and it's still growing. And I'm so grateful for that experience. But I resisted the next phases <laughs> of my journey for a really long time because I was scared of what people were going to think. And I was scared that I was going to let people down or be wrong because mm. no one likes to be wrong and no yeah. one likes to be, no one likes to be not accepted. Right. For, you know, what, what they are, who they are, what they do. Yeah. So there was a lot of very like human, you know, herd mentality <laughs> things that I was really struggling with. And um, once I finally stepped into my healing work, it was like, I don't know. It was like the doors to the patio like blew open and I had this whole landscape available to me of what was possible. And yeah. And I have a really interesting story about how I finally left academia. If we want to go into that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Please share. Oh, okay. So I like, I was so worried about making the wrong decision and because who in their right mind would leave a perfectly good job at a university I mean, you get paid pretty well. I mean, you work your butt off, right? And, um, but like there are people that would just, you know, do anything for those kind of jobs. And here I was in academia and I, I loved teaching and I loved interacting with students, but it was very exhausting as an empath. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's not very much like, there's not very much that comes back to you in terms of fulfillment or reward. And there's a whole hell of a lot that's taken from you when you're in that position. So it was really tiring 
and I was getting sick and um, like adrenal fatigue and thyroid issues and just stress. And so I actually reduced my um, teaching appointment or my capacity as a teacher there by 50% for a year to see if I could get a handle on feeling better. And when it came time for me to decide um, how I wanted to proceed, I asked my department chair to ask our dean if I could permanently amend um, my appointment to 50% and I'd be happy to teach, um, but I would need, you know, I just need to be doing this as a halftime person, not full-time person. And I wrote a letter to the universe. (laughs) Dear universe, I'm, this is where I'm at. I feel exhausted and tired and I feel kind of lost and I know there's something different for me. I just don't know what that is and I'm scared, but I'm ready for you to show me what that is. And I just need you to help me see the steps clearly so that I know which direction to go. And I need to make sure that I can help support my family just as well as I have been because I don't want to get us into a stressful situation, but I want to feel happier. I want to be in service. I want to, um, be an instrument of your healing. So show me the way. And I said, thanks in advance. This is something better. And I'm not kidding you. I wrote that letter. And in less than a week, I heard from our Dean and she said, you have to come back full time or you don't come back at all. Wow. And okay. Right. One, I realized just how replaceable I was <laughs> there, which fair enough, right? Somebody can come into my place and do the job better than me, perhaps like at full time. And two, um, it was very clear to me that the universe was showing me uh, an opportunity to choose me or to not choose me, right? Mm. So I could stay and keep getting stressed out and sick, or I could go and let the path unfold in front of me. But I had to really trust what was going to happen. I had no leads for jobs. I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. And so I sat with that decision for a week and my husband was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Are you going to quit your job? Please. (laughs) Oh my God. Just like, I support you, but like, let's not, let's not like, create a situation here. And, (laughs) and when I would meditate on it, I could only see myself withering and dying like, um, like a vine with these beautiful flowers on it. And if I stayed at that job, I just saw the vine withering and the petals of the flowers just dropping off. And I was like, okay, if I stay, I'm going to get really sick and it probably won't end well. And so I, I tendered my resignation And my boss was so sad, like she was really upset. And I, the next day after submitting my resignation, I got an offer out of the blue to learn energy healing. Wow. Yes. And so the the universe like, wow, delivers, right? And I mean, it shocked me because here's the kicker. For the last six years, I had been asking, I had been asking for and trying to find a teacher to learn Reiki, and either people wouldn't call me back, or they would say, "I'm sorry, I can't teach you." Mm-hmm. And so, for six years, 
(laughs) And, but then I realized quickly, like, wow, no one could teach me. I couldn't find a teacher because I didn't have space for that in my life. And now I have space for it. And so divine timing, I had the opportunity to learn energy healing and, um, and I got some validation. I was at a, like a psychic and wellness fair a month after that. And this woman was doing like a quick read for me. And she said, what do you do with healing work? And I'm like, I don't really do anything with healing work. <laughs> I, I, I do like, like some on the down low psychic readings for people, but I don't do anything for with healing. And she's like, no, no, no. You have like when she was describing what my hands look like to her, she said, you have these blue flames that come out of your hands and which is interesting. And my hands are getting hot as I talk about this. So you know what that is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, For people listening, if you channel Reiki energy, when you start to tune into the Reiki energy, your hands will get very hot. So mine are like the Reiki flame, but um, so I did say to this woman, well, I am going to be learning, you know, Reiki levels one and two, in a couple of weeks. And, and she's like, that's just the start of it. She said, you're going to do that. And then all of these, she named up all of these other things that were going to happen for me. And she was so right about how it unfolded. I was, I was just astounded, but I didn't think much of it when she read for me other than it was validation. Like, Oh, it was, it was a great step for me to take to say yes to the energy healing. And Um, you know, within three weeks of going through my training, I had two job offers as a practitioner. And then, um, I went through my master levels and, um, then I started my own business and I have had a like full booked out schedule for, it's like six weeks out consistently. So, the universe has made sure that I would never be in a situation as long as I'm doing the work that I was called to do. Like I'm in a situation where I'm never unsupported. So I never had to worry about like not making it because I just was trusting and people kept finding me and I have like consistent clientele and it's just a really beautiful story. Like I tell it all the time because I just want people to, ask for the help and the steps to be shown and then to just take them when they're shown to you because it pays off. Absolutely. Yes. I am right there with you. That is so beautiful. That's so powerful too. Yeah. Yes. So throughout all of that, was that logical, scientific, proven (laughs) mind, like, was it eating at you at all or questioning what you were doing or how did you cope with the the logic behind the faith and well god it was hard but um at that point I was in such a place like physically like health wise physically that I just knew I had I kept reminding myself Shannon you could do anything to make money you know that this job is not right for you because it's making you sick and so I just kept reminding myself like that that's the logical part of me that was like I could go work in a grocery store, right? If I needed to make money for my family, I will do that, right? I mean, anything will be better than being so stressed out that you're making yourself sick. So Mm -hmm. I just, I tried to keep that in the forefront and that helped me relax a lot. And I actually, I had a a really great group of soul sisters that we are all very supportive of one another. And so um, we would read for each other a lot and 
you know, consistently I was getting the message, all is going to be well. So I just really trusted that. And um, when, you know, just started to see the evidence, right? Like these things were lining up for me. And um, that was my evidence, right? And so I just had to say, oh, okay, like I asked for this and it's happening step by step. So I'm going to keep following this thread. And if it's not okay, I, then I know it'll, it's time for me to do something else to supplement our income or whatever. So um, I just tried to breathe through every moment <laughs> or every <laughs> stage. And I was also reading and listening to a lot of stuff that had to do with, um, you know, your soul's journey and really opening up your intuitive abilities. I just, ha- I made sure to support myself a lot with the right materials to help keep me focused on moving forward and trusting Um but yeah, I, I would say that there were some moments of like panic that happened, but, <laughs> but they were short-lived because I would always have something show up in divine timing that helped me realize like, oh, we're fine. This is fine. And this is a beautiful journey. And I, oh my God, I learned so much about myself by taking that leap too. So yeah. Oh, uh, I think that's such a good point too, to just to have the opportunity to actually learn so much more about yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're going through the challenges and when you're going through the thick of it, it really puts a mirror up and helps you reflect on like the deepest, darkest parts of you. (laughs) (laughs) And, but it just makes you more of a whole person, right? (laughs) It, it really, well, it it helps you to remember those parts of you that you, uh, conveniently weren't looking at, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> yes. Right. So yes, I, I mean, we're, I feel like we're always whole. There's just these pieces of us that we don't want to look at, or we don't realize that are there, or we're, you know, we're scared for whatever reason to acknowledge the stuff that we've got to work on. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was, astronomical in terms of growth in that short period and um and also like simultaneously my intuitive abilities just opened so much further as a result of going through that process too so um that was really beautiful as well that around the same time I started to see auras with my physical eyes which was a new thing for me Mm -hmm. and um and that's amazing because I kept telling source or the universe, whatever you guys want to call it. Um, I kept saying like, you want me to do this work. I'm happy to do it, but you got to give me something to go on, right? Like I need to see stuff in order to, um, be able to help better and, and to help reassure me and to trust better. And, um, so now I'm able to see, uh, orc fields, which is awesome. I don't see the colors, but I see the mist. It's a misty white that's around, uh, the physical body. And then I can see how the energy moves through the body. So that has been hugely helpful for how I do the energy work and how I'm able to read people and feel them. And, um, so the universe pulled through on that, like, I'm supposed to be doing this work. So they gave me what I needed in order to like understand (laughs) at that point, or else it would have been really hard for me to trust. So Oh, that's so awesome. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, but at the same time, I know from my own experience and the experience of others that when, I mean, you can always be intuitive. I, I truly believe everyone is intuitive. We just might not I believe, validate yeah. it as so. 
I believe that too, 100%. And most, it's like a muscle. You have to, like, you're not going to be big and strong and have endurance if you're not going to be working on your muscles and going and having, you know, cardio workouts to try to strengthen your heart. Like your intuition is the same. We're born with it. But if you're not practicing it and working with it, it goes to sleep. Most of, most children are born wide open, right? I, th- I would say all children are born wide open, but mm-hmm. most are like, most go to sleep. Their intuition goes to sleep because it's not nurtured or seen or, or validated, right? So if you're not working that muscle, it's not going to work for you very well. But I totally cut you off. I just wanted to add <laughs> to that point. Oh, we yeah. all have it. We all have it. Yes. Absolutely. No, that's a beautiful point. I'm happy you did that. <laughs> Um, but so when we actually go through these bigger and I, I want to say traumatic just because it's such a profound experience, mm-hmm. but when it starts to awaken more, especially after the Reiki attunements, I feel like, I feel like that opens a lot. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> how did you, how did you cope with the transformation that took place that like the real, like widening of your intuition and everything else that you were experiencing in terms of your sensitivity? Well, I had been working on developing my intuition for a good 10 years prior to going through my attunements. So it was a gradual process for me, but I would say that, um, you know, after, so I got, I have placements, which are similar to attunements, but I'm the holy fire tradition okay. of Reiki. And we, we call them placements because it's direct from source as opposed to going through a master to you. Mm. So there's a little bit, there's a little bit of difference there, but um, going through those placements absolutely did um, open things up much wider. And so many more abilities came online as a result of that um, energy clearing you out as a channel. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like I went through a couple of dark nights of the soul prior to those placements, right. As I was like working on my intuition and um, a lot of it though, had to do with like how I experienced the world and how I felt like other people experienced it and feeling very alone in that process. Like, no one understands me at this level that I'm feeling myself. And even if I tried to explain, they would label me. And that was really hurtful. And, um, and it made me very insecure about wanting to be open with people about how the world works for me. So that was um, energetically not so overwhelming, but it was like psychologically and emotionally very hard And then to have these experiences where you're having vivid dreaming that, you know, that's prophetic or you're like having these intense feelings when you're standing next to someone and like living their trauma with them through that feeling. Um, It took me a while to learn how to allow that stuff to move through me instead of holding it in my body, Mm. which, which is what I feel like a lot of people who are very energy sensitive I feel like they struggle with that. Like if you're not really consciously aware of how that energy is um, wrapping around you or coming into you, like we want to hold it as our own because we don't know what else to do with it. And it took me a long time to realize, like I need to just feel this and allow it to move through me. And because um, most of it was not mine. And so I had, I, had to learn how to ask consistently, like, is this mine? What I'm feeling is this mine? And I just had to listen, like, no, 
it isn't or yes, it is. And so if it wasn't, I would give it back or let it flow through, give it to Mother Earth. If it was mine, then I would say, okay, we're going to table this for a little bit and we're going to come back to that in meditation. Right now, I need to feel better than what I feel. So um, it, it's a, it's like maintenance. It's like taking a shower every day. Like <laughs> you tune, you tune into your energy and you've got to like, you got to ask yourself, okay, what am I feeling? Is this mine? I got to let it go if it's not. And, um, so after going through Reiki placements, it's like, oh man, that energy works on you from the inside out. And it's like physical cleaning out emotional, like stuff comes to the surface and you're like, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> and then spiritually, like all these things are opening up. And so it's like, it's like being knocked on your butt and, and then you just have to be in that. Right. And you just have to observe and love yourself through it. And so learn, like, it's like having this compassion for yourself as a human who's also this spiritual being that's experiencing human stuff and just realizing like, okay, this is okay. It's okay to not feel good. good. Like it's okay to not feel okay right now and like letting it move through you. So I had to become very okay with not having my stuff together. Right. <laughs> I'm trying very hard not to swear too. <laughs> so, um, it's just natural for me, but, um, same here. You can't, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you allowed that on your podcast or not, but, oh no, it's, um, it's authentic, right? <laughs> yes. It's, I mean like, yes, it is. Um, so after I'd started practicing, um, on people, I, the biggest thing I struggled with was feeling so intensely what they were feeling and it would, it would overwhelm my body and I would get all this imagery and this like claircognizance information coming in and um but then I would feel in my physical body their pain and their emotion and um I would be like sobbing after every session mm. and really trying to hold it together during sessions because like you're just connecting to their heart space and and it got to the point where I was like I don't know if I can do this work if it's gonna be that overwhelming and um I had a dear friend who is also a very talented energy healer. She worked on me and she's like, okay, we got to like rewire some things in you. So you can feel just enough to know what you need to know and empathize and then work as a healer in that realm. But, but you dampen everything else. So it just doesn't overtake you. And so we did some work that way and it made a huge difference. And and now like I'm super sensitive, but it's like, I've learned how to gauge it in terms of like how much to let in versus what, you know, what I can like, I don't want to say shut out, but like what you create a buffer against, right? So that it doesn't overtake you. And most people don't like practice that. So um, it would be overwhelming, but that was a huge thing for me to have to learn. It took, it took months and months of practice, but, um, but that was, I mean, that was overwhelming. And then of course, like my whole logical, like scientific brain was like, well, am I just not doing this right? Like, what is the right way to do this? And, and I always wanted to understand everything. And I just kept getting the consistent message. Like, it's not for you to understand. If it's for you to understand, we'll give you the answer. 
So I'm like, okay, fine. I'm just, okay. I'm letting go. (laughs) I'm surrendering. And, um, it's just been so much more easy after, since coming to terms with that and just allowing it and just to be an instrument for peace and healing. Like that's one of the things that I say before I start, um, any of my healing sessions is make me an instrument of your peace and healing. And so it just allows me to let go of anything that's me and I just become that pure conduit for whatever needs to happen. And I just let go of any kind of attachment to like what comes through as me needing to understand it because it's not for me, it's for them. So I don't know if that answered your question. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'm all smiles right now. It's just so beautiful listening to your story. Oh, that's so lovely. I appreciate appreciate you letting me tell it. (laughs) Of course. So, you know, as a professor, you were impacting students' lives and helping them to understand the world at large and everything. But now how do you see your current work impacting the world? Oh, my goodness. That's a huge question. Um, (laughs) I don't know. And I think that... I mean, it's something I think about a lot. Um, Honestly, very simply, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be a walking pillar of light, honestly. Like each day, what can I do to be of service? And I just think about things that way. And I mean, I have two littles, they're nine and seven. And so being a mom takes up a lot of time. I have a husband and a house and, um, so it's like we want to do all these things to be who we need to be, you know, accomplish these things or impact the world. But right now, I just feel like my greatest impact is in, you know, my children and the people that come to me for healing work. And um, if I can help them feel better, then I'm doing good in this world. And who knows, like me helping them maybe them going out and touching someone's life, maybe that's the ripple effect. Right. And, um, and I, I loved teaching at university and I really felt like, boy, I get, you know, 40, 50 students in a classroom at a time and then they're all going to do something good in the world. I'm going to help transform the world. And, um, you know, really like in reality, a handful of those are really going to absorb what you're saying and be like super turned on, by the wisdom you're giving them and they're going to go out and do something with it. And um, I'm still friends with a number of students that, that were inspired that way. And that's really beautiful. But um, I came to realize like, you know, my work doesn't have to be big. It just has to be good. Like it just has to be quality and it just has to come from this place of um, service and wanting to help and, pure light right and um but that being said there's all these things that I would like to do (laughs) (laughs) like what tell me (laughs) I know right so um I am I don't know if you feel this in your practice but I see you know anywhere from 10 to 12 clients a week um I could see more but I've decided to limit it to that amount just for my own like energetic balance and But it like what's frustrating is when you want to help people, you're just you're really in that kind of a a model. You're really just limited to how many people you can see and how much energy you have to be able to do that. So 
I keep thinking like, how can I help more people, but with the same amount of effort? And so I'm trying to think about ways to do that. And um, that's why the podcast started, right? Because it was a way for us to talk about these topics for more people to consume that and be able to like start doing their own learning or their own research. And I would like to create like materials, like a healing journal, like how can you work through your own deep healing mm. Um, so I have lots of ideas about that. I'd like to create a couple of like card decks based on healing. And um, I have, like, <laughs> I don't know, people keep telling me I'm going to be speaking in front of like hundreds of people at a time, but I'm like, I have no idea what to be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something that's coming up with the voice though. I've had all of these experiences where people will be asking me questions. And um, so I'll get like messages in my IG DMs about healing, right? And, um, or people, you know, sending messages um, based on a podcast episode that I've done, or just like people contacting me through email, my own healing website. And it's just easier for me to send voice messages to a lot of these people rather than type all this stuff out. And so when I do that, almost every time I do that, somebody, they'll, they reply back and say, I don't know what it is about your voice, but my body has tingles and I felt really calm and um, like saying all of these things about how the message was delivered. And I'm thinking, oh, there's something here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's something here. I'm supposed to be doing something with my voice. So um, there's I keep asking spirit to show me the way with that because I'm not quite sure what that will look like uh, moving forward. But if I know that when I do Reiki sessions... I can't be quiet. Like I've tried to do quiet Reiki sessions where you just let the person relax and receive the energy. It just doesn't work that way for me. Like stuff spills out of my mouth. And I realize, like, okay, part of the healing is coming through the frequency of the voice and the words that are used. So that's something new and I have no idea how it's going to unfold, but I'm thinking about that. So if you have any like hits on that, you'd be sure to let me know. Yeah, that's so <laughs> exciting. I love every single one of those ideas. Uh, we'll see how they, you know, blossom. But it's just fun to think about. And like, what's your capacity to create? And I kind of feel like that's what we come here to do anyway. Like if you could create anything just for the sake of doing it from your heart in would you still create that even if nobody would receive it or nobody would consume it? And um, would you create purely out of wanting to do that? Right. Like, um, or are we creating things based on what we think people will receive well? So I like to put myself in that position a lot because that's the true essence of like coming here to self-express, right. And, and to be who you are and, and in that, when we do it from that space, we, that's when we provide the most healing for those around us, right? Or that's when we're providing our gifts to the world is when we're creating from that place of, I don't care who hears this or what they think about it. I'm going to create it because it's in my heart and it needs to get out. So yeah, I try to think about that kind of stuff a lot. Yeah. And I think that's the real key into... Like I say all the time, you know, you're not born with a purpose. You're born as your purpose. And yes, you just have to do whatever is calling you. And yes. like, you don't have to think about the repercussions or the rewards or anything. It's just 
all about where can you flow and fulfill your essence? Like, what can you pour yourself into? And you're so right. I mean, there are healers all over the world in so many different capacities. Yes. And it's healing because you're putting your true essence, your core into that, your your source. You're literally just putting the universe back into the universe. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. you're... Yeah, you're expressing as your authentic self, right? What your soul has come here to radiate out. And it's only our human that gets in the way of that. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the journey, right? (laughs) It is the journey. And when we can like, when we can connect those two dots, and then have the courage to do it anyway, right? That's, Mm -hmm. that's when that's when the really awesome shit begins, right? Like, Absolutely. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's not, I mean, it's totally courage without a doubt, but I think yep. it's also the willingness, the yes. willingness to actually put all of that aside and to just keep going. And people will say that is what courage is, but at the same time, it has a total different vibe when you're just, you have that willingness, you, you feel that call and you're just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going mm-hmm. to do this. I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and there's a whole lot of trust that, uh, you know, you'll know the path as you're walking it. And, and I think we just get really caught up in what's practical because we're, you know, for centuries, we've been conditioned to believe like you, you're only worthy if you're doing something practical and other people understand it as practical, right? So there, I mean, half of what we've discovered in the last hundred years wouldn't have happened if, if people didn't have the courage to follow uh, their intuition <laughs> really right like oh, most of our scientific discoveries of the last 100 and 150 years are, have been by people who were throwing caution to the wind to investigate something that um, was considered you know outlandish right that's an outlandish idea and then hey come to find out that's how actually things work <laughs> that's amazing yeah right so like we're no different than that we just I think we get caught up in this idea of like, I'm not good enough or I'm not going to be good enough right away. So it's not worth it for me to do this. Or we get scared because of how vulnerable we are when uh, we think about what that path looks like, or um, I don't know. It's just, we're humans are interesting creatures and, and our soul is kind of like, come on, let's do this already. But our human gets in the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. I also want to mention, like, when we wrap up, that your poetry is actually what attracted me to your Instagram. Oh, no way. Yeah. I was like, even before I asked you to do the podcast, I was like, I just want her to talk about her writing. And here you are like this vast spiritual being. (laughs) And and no, nothing about the writing has even come up, which is perfectly fine. (laughs) But it's funny how you say that because yeah, your voice definitely just, it draws so many people in. And yeah, it's well, thank you. That was a beautiful compliment. And, um, just the writing, it, it came out of me needing to express what I see on a daily basis with clients and then my own journey and healing because I am not healed, you know, of all of my wounds because I'm practicing as a healer. And you know this as well, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 
I am learning just as much from my clients' um, experiences as they're integrating um, from me, right? Like the messages that come through and the healing that comes through me. And so that's a beautiful process. And I started writing about that based on like what, what I would witness for them. And then of course, what I experience like in the higher realms, cause that's a trippy place, right? I'm sure you understand that. <laughs> yeah. And there's just so much to like, um, just observe and experience and, um, coalesce and, you know, I just, I had to start putting it in words and I figured like if people read the words and maybe they'll, maybe they'll experience healing through that as well, which totally, you know, I find when I read other people's words, I'm like, God, that person's a healer and they don't even know it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's so beautiful. And I don't know, it's just an, it's so humbling and such an honor to work with people that way and I'm consistently like my mind is blown by what I get to experience with them how the energy shows me who they are and what they need and it's just really like it's so humbling and fulfilling like it's the most fulfilling work I've ever done Mm, that has to be so gratifying too out of everything that you've experienced so far to truly be in that alignment and to see the changes that you're making in your own life and in the lives of all of your clients and yeah and all of the people who follow and read your words and everything it's so so beautiful oh that's lovely for you to say I like to remind people though too that I'm just a person here who um you know, sometimes I say things and they help you. (laughs) And like, I, you know, I channel this energy that helps you, but everybody can channel this energy Mm because innately our bodies are built for this. And, um, some people are really good at healing work and that's what they came here to do. But other people are really good at playing the piano or really good at building stuff or really good at teaching kids. And that's what they came here to do. And, Um, I try to remind people often that like, it's not me that's doing this for you. It's you doing this for you. And I just happen to be the one that's helping you with certain words, right. And pointing the way and, and like above all else, creating that space for you to like open up and see yourself and see where you get to heal. Right. And, and that is such a gift, Oh my God, it's such a gift to be able to do that with people. And yeah, oh my God, it's, it's gratifying. Yes. But like, it's more than anything. It's just like, I don't know. I would say miraculous, right? It's yeah. Like to see that and, and to be that with that person. And like, it's just a very humbling place to be and just to assist with that. So Yes, I would like to reiterate, like everybody is their own guru and their own healer. And there are those of us that are, you know, meant to witness and offer guideposts. And I'm so grateful that I stepped into this work because I had no idea it would be um, so heart opening and fulfilling, but it really truly is. Mm, That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing all of this. Oh, this has been delightful. 
So I appreciate the opportunity. Of course. So I still have one last question. And it actually flows perfectly into what you were just saying about everyone is their own guru. Everyone is their own teacher and their healer. Mm -hmm. And so this last question is one that I always get excited to ask the guests because I think it's a good one to be asked, but also for everyone listening to ask themselves. And the question is, who is the superhero inside of you that has all the power you could ever need? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so how do people answer this? Because that's a big question, too. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Literally every single person has answered it differently. So it's exactly whatever flows to you. Okay, so who is the superpower inside of you that has everything that you could ever need? Is that what it is? Yeah, the superhero, superpower, either one. <laughs> oh, the superpower. I would say, um, you know, I say this often that um, to be able to feel another person is... Um, like empathy, empathy, like empathically and to have that be so sensitive to be able to feel somebody without any words, right? That without any explanation, you can just feel their energy and you can feel them. Um, that is the most beautiful thing that I, I don't know that I could ever ask for as just a spiritual being in a human body, right? To know somebody by feeling them like so many people say that being an empath is a curse and um but I just I say yeah it can be hard but it I would never ever turn that off like turn I would never for um, in a million years turn off the ability to feel somebody for who they are like everything that they're hiding within them like to to feel that with them it's just the most beautiful gift. And um, I guess if I, I see that as a superpower, right? Because you see through a lot of BS, you know, <laughs> you see yeah. through a lot of like, I mean, it's really good for you as a person too. You can protect yourself with it, but to be able to see somebody behind their masks, right? And most of us, that's all we ever want is to be seen behind our masks and to be known that way and to be held that way. And um, that for me is, I feel like that's a superpower. Without I would, a doubt. <laughs> yeah, I would never, ever turn that off. I would never not want to feel to that capacity because it's so beautiful to witness another person that way. Mm, I love that answer so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's definitely one of those questions, though. You're like, man, I wish I had that one ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, right. That's whenever I send all the like the format to everybody I'm like and then it's just like this one generic general question that's easy to answer at the end (laughs) (laughs) that's a good question though dang (laughs) really really good yes um okay so last last question now (laughs) yes yes (laughs) so where can people find you and your work if they want to check it out more Ah, okay. Well, um, you can find me on Instagram. I just have a personal page there. Um, I'm gratitude maven on Instagram. And I also in that in that profile has a link to my healing website, if you're interested in learning more about the type of healing work that I do. Um, And it also has a link to our podcast, where we answer a lot of uh, we have a lot of discussions about metaphysical topics. 
And um, I would say that I'm on Facebook too, but I don't know how many people are still on Facebook, but right. <laughs> I, I know I am, but I have like a whole following there um, for a page called metamorphosis healing, where I do these fun, like card draws for the energy of the day. And I create these little videos for like what to be thinking about for the day's energy and um, what you might be struggling with. And that's, that's a pretty fun place to hang out. So that's how people can find me. Awesome. And your podcast is called Souls in Stardust. Okay. And awesome. it it really is just me and my friend, uh, Melissa. She goes by Mio and she's a psychic medium undercover <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a photographer. Um, and uh, we just sit and we have these really fun discussions about all these different metaphysical topics. So yeah awesome and that's on spotify and everywhere it is yep it's on itunes spotify all the platforms perfect awesome okay well thank you so much for coming on and i'm so honored to listen to your transformation story and i'm so appreciative of you sharing oh gosh it's been so much fun (laughs) i really appreciate that you asked me you for listening to this podcast i hope that this episode has some way inspired you to take control giving you the tools to feel secure and on fire in your own independence and help to unlock within you the impact that you're here to make you're not born with a purpose you're born as your purpose it's already inside of you and it's your responsibility in this life to live that in the truest way possible If you've gotten any sort of value out of this episode, please share it so that we can together expand our inspiration and our impact in this world.